All right, here we go. Episode whatever the heck, I don't even know. Welcome back to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Sorry for the sorry for the bit of an absence that we've had, but I'm going to blame our uh, our entire two week absence completely on my co host. Yo, um, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody had to have somebody come visit them for you know whatever reason, but and that took up time. So, but and whatever. That, and then I left too. I went to San Diego mm-hmm. right so, after. So if you guys uh, missed us for any particular reason, you can talk to Sam. It's his fault, hundred percent. Yeah, just know where you guys lie on the priorities ladder <laughs> for me. Yeah. <laughs> way down so let me tell you guys something in the past two weeks there uh there's been a a tragedy um and and the worst has befallen um at least myself um because the two teams that are playing in the super bowl this year are the kansas city chiefs and the san francisco 49ers and as a raider fan that is the worst thing that could have possibly happened but for the one or two other Raider fans that are listening to this podcast, I'm going to give you some advice to help us get through this tough time. The team that we absolutely have to be rooting for in the Super Bowl is the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> and the reason why and the reason why is plain and simple. You do not want your division rivals to go win the Super Bowl. So in saying that, Jimmy G, George Kittle, I hope you obliterate the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and what's, what's, little... it, what's it been like almost every year that the team that loses the Super Bowl always has a drop off, except for the Patriots? So what do you would, mean? Oh, like, yeah. So Carolina, they went to the Super Bowl and lost to Denver, and then the following year they just fell off the yeah. you had um the rams last year losing the super bowl and then they obviously went through their struggles this year so if kansas city loses i mean oakland might be might be getting a division title out of it no 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 not oakland because officially as of today oh my gosh that's right january 22nd <laughs> it's las vegas <laughs> it's vegas baby the las vegas raiders now it's going to be so we I'm going to end up saying Oakland a bunch of times on this podcast. I know for a fact. I know both of us are, but the Las Vegas Raiders officially as of today, January 22nd. But uh Wednesday? Wednesday. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. We don't normally film on Wednesdays, so I was a little bit backwards. Monday, January 22nd. Yeah. Um so yeah. I feel We've uh, well, actually, no. Let's start the show like we always do. You know, we've been gone for two weeks. Sam, how was your two weeks? You had somebody come visit. You had a San Diego trip. What have you been up to? I feel like I haven't talked to you in like four years. Well, up here in Eugene, nothing, nothing different. Um, it's been raining. Uh, we almost had snow, but luckily that didn't happen. Um, Jenna did, in fact, visit. That was super fun. Um, then we had a. I had a volleyball tournament in San Diego, which was a lot of fun. Stayed at um, some teammates' houses, and San Diego was beautiful. It was just sunny. We were on the we were on the beach every day, and it's it's January. It's it's really 
it's not fair to the rest of the world that San Diego has such nice weather. It's really not. I appreciate seasons, though. I wouldn't want to live in a place like San Diego where it just stays one way the oh, entire year. Oh, you say year. that. You say that. No, I'm serious. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. No, 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 no. It was gorgeous. Like, we were wearing shorts, and we went from driving to Portland. It was snowing. We were driving through a snowstorm to <laughs> San Diego. We're in shorts, swim trunks, shirts off, on the beach, playing beach ball. It was just so cool. And we did really well in the tournament, too. Well, what would you guys, what were your record? We took third. Out of? Um, I think there were 20 teams that came. Well, that's good. Are you picking your teeth? No, I have a cough drop in because I'm sick from flying. Mm. Yeah, I could uh, hear the uh, the cough drop wiggling around your mouth. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much exactly like that. <laughs> this is our ASMR channel now. <laughs> um. Well, it sounds like you've been busy. I feel like I haven't talked to you like at all. Did you? Have you done days. anything? Have I done anything? Um, just fitness MD. Pretty much. I I went to a Kings game and I I got to see Luca live, which was actually really cool. Um, was he in a Kings uniform? No. <laughs> oh, I guess it's not that cool. Yeah, it was actually. I mean, it was uh more. I was actually more almost more excited to go watch him play than the Kings, just because I felt like the Mavericks were going to win anyway, um, and it was a chance to go see a, a really unique uh, player. And man, he just—I think that stood out to me the most was just his passing, because every time a help defender on the Kings left to go double or to rotate wherever in the defense, he he found him. It was crazy, yeah. and. The Kings ended up losing that game by four, and they missed nine free throws that game. <laughs> so they're, I think they're one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the league. Mm, yeah, possibly. And De'Aaron's shooting like 60% or something. Yeah, they're, they're, we'll, we'll get to the Kings later. Yeah, we can talk about them later. Yeah, we'll get to it later. But yeah, I went to the Kings game, um, and uh, something kind of weird happened during the Kings game or on the way home from the Kings game, there was a, there was a, a, a crash um, that happened on a, on the, on the freeway. Oh, and uh, me, <laughs> me, me and the, uh, the girl that I was with, we were driving and um, we, we were leaving downtown. We saw the car on the side of the road. There was another car on the side of the road, two more on the side of the road, a group of people, um, on the side of the road, one of the there was some lady who was yelling and whatnot, and then we looked, and there was somebody who was laying on the side of the road. And did some research later, found out that the person who was laying on the side of the road was actually uh, dead. So we uh, why why are you sharing this? You asked what happened over the two weeks. <laughs> why are you sharing? You asked what happened over oh the two weeks, gosh. and that was that was something that happened over the two weeks. That's so sad. It was. Sad. It was a. Uh, it was a sad way to end a, a very good night, um, but it, uh, yeah, yeah. And I won't tell you the story about what it is. I don't want to bum everybody out because it's a pretty sad story. But yeah, I ended up seeing a seeing a dead person on the way home from the Kings game. So that that happened. Wow. So there, there's my story over the two weeks. Um, wow. Sorry, I just uh, bummed everybody out. If you want to turn us off, I completely understand that. So, but don't. But don't. But don't. Yeah. <laughs> but don't. 
Um, all right, so let's get to some let's get to some sports news because uh, that was a, a recap of the last past two weeks, and I bummed everybody out. So let's try to cheer everybody up. Um, so I, we don't need to do the divisional round. The divisional round happened two weeks ago. Everybody knows what happened. Um, so the conference championships games, Titans Chiefs. Um, we'll start with that one. Um, going into that game, did you think? Did uh, I think everybody or the majority of people picked Kansas City? Who did you think was going to win that game? Well, I don't even. I mean, I think it's easy to say Kansas City now. Um, I can understand if someone thought that the Titans were going to win. They looked good in the game too. They were up ten two different times. I mean, um, I I honestly couldn't say the, what that was like a week ago mm. that that happened. So I I couldn't say who I thought was going to win. I mean, I probably would have gone with the Chiefs, but I don't want to. Hindsight's twenty twenty, you know. Yeah, I went with the Chiefs as well, but the one thing I was going to be angry about is if if the Titans ended up winning and then a bunch of reporters and, and analysts, <laughs> analysts um, came back the next day after the game and then, like, if the Titans won and they were going, like, super surprised that Tennessee wins. And I was like, well, if Tennessee does end up winning, I don't know why it would be well, that big of a surprise. Because the they already had, Well, yes, they're the underdog, but they had already – beat them earlier in the year. Plus they were riding um, a road victory against the Ravens where they pummeled the Ravens and a road um, win against Tom Brady and, and a road win against Tom Brady. So they were, they were riding high. Um, some really good momentum. And there was a stat that I saw about Derrick Henry that I want to um, share with everybody. If I could find it, um, it was yeah, Derrick Henry. Yeah. yeah. So Derrick Henry in his last nine games to finish the season, including the playoffs, Rushed for 1,342 yards in nine Ooh. games. And actually, I think the stat of that Chiefs-Titans game is uh, Derrick Henry rushed for 69 yards and one touchdown. Oh, they, held him, they held him under 100 yards. Hmm. I think that was the caveat to that game. Because let's go back to the Ravens game. He was 30 carries, 195 yards. Zero touchdowns, but still 195 yards. Um, now, part of the reason why he probably got so many carries was because they got up early, but they got up early on the Chiefs as well. Um, mm-hmm. And in uh, in the game against uh, New England, it was 34 carries, 182 yards, and one touchdown. So in the recent game against the Chiefs, he only carried the ball 19 times and nowhere near the average of the previous two games and 69 yards. So I don't know if that was – I don't know if um, – I would imagine because they ended up because you said they ended up going up by ten twice. Yeah, and when they were up by ten, you would think that the idea would be to keep feeding Derrick Henry the ball just because to run the clock off. Tannehill threw the ball thirty-one times against the Chiefs. Too much in the in the Ravens game. He threw it fourteen times, and in the Patriots game, he threw it fifteen times. <laughs> nice. So. Tannehill ended up throwing it twice as many times against the Chiefs, and Derrick Henry ran it about 11 carries, 12 carries less than the previous two games. So it was a complete – and I think it was probably just because they ended up playing – I think a lot of Tannehill's passes were probably late game when they were down and they were trying to get back into it. But still, um, it was interesting to see that complete stat flip for the two of them. Um I don't know. It was a, it was an interesting game, um, and 
I think going into it, I was like I said, I was uh, I was going to bet that the Chiefs were going to win that game, but I really did think that Titans were going to have a chance to win that game. You know, like I felt, I felt confident if I had picked the Titans that yeah, that that, that could work. Good for the Titans though this year. They they showed out. They went way above expectations this season. I don't think I don't think either of us had them making the playoffs. No, as a matter of fact, you kept picking them during our uh, <laughs> the beginning of the year, <laughs> and every time you picked them, they ended up losing. I knew what was up. <laughs> and then you stopped picking them, and then they started winning. So maybe you're the reason why they made it this far. I'm the OG Titans fan. There you go. Before, before being a Titans fan was cool. Just check the tapes. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Um, so that was uh, that was the Chiefs-Titans um, game. But I know the game that Sam is going to have way more information on. And I think the game that was just a little – I mean, I wouldn't say a little bit better, but probably had America's eye a little bit more was the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. So, Sam, I'll let you have the floor. I like it was boring. What are you talking about? Better. I said it probably had. I didn't say it was better. I said it probably had America's eye a little bit more in pregame. I I will give the Niners this. I we talked. I think we talked about this game before on our last podcast. I think right. I yeah. I think we did. We covered the divisional. Okay. So I was. I had my hesitations because it's hard to beat a good team twice in one season in dominant fashion, and that's what they did. Both games were not even close. And you have no Jimmy Garoppolo only throwing eight times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> only threw the ball eight times. That means Green Bay knows exactly what San Francisco's doing. <laughs> and they were still getting five yards a clip with Raheem Moster, who wow. That... I think the funniest the funniest stat, I think Troy not Troy, it was Joe. Um, Joe Buck had a stat about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think during the broadcast he said, I think his line was, it has been an hour and a half, real time, since Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown a pass. It's nuts. It's it nuts. was crazy. And it was absolutely crazy. If if someone were to tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw less than 10 times and they're going to win the Super Bowl, I'm all for it. I'm the probably one of the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fans of all time. But if you were to guarantee me that they're winning the Super Bowl and he will have no impact, I'm down with it. I think every Niner fan would be down that down with that if he guaranteed a win. I want him to win Super Bowl MVP because of the slander that he has been taking this week. Oh my gosh, Jimmy Garoppolo's a game manager. Oh my gosh, the Niners don't need him. Blah blah blah. Does it sound dumb? The team well, was. Two and fourteen last season without Jimmy Garoppolo, and now they're fifteen and three with him. Is that a coincidence? I think not. <laughs> I, I, it's the tail of the tape. They're better with with him than without him. Well, Shanahan so, said it said it best after the game. I think one of the reporters had asked him, "Well, did you expect to stick with the run as much as you did? Like, why did you end up sticking with the run?" And he was just like, "Because it was working." <laughs> <laughs> and it was as simple as that. Like, I think even if Aaron Rodgers is on the 49ers, he only ends up throwing eight times. Like, as, um, a, as a QB, Jason, I know you got a little bit of an ego. You don't have as big of an ego as some guys. But you got a little bit of an <laughs> ego. Like, you want to put up great numbers, right? Well, I, you have to have an ego to play sports. Some ego. To be good at sports. Yeah. If you... 
if Coach um, McMinn came up to you freshman year and was like, hey, Jason, uh, Wood Creek is awful against defending the run. You're probably only going to get five throws today. Would you not sign up for that? Would you throw a hissy fit because of that? Or would you be all game for it? Hell no. If we're going to win that game running, then we're going to run. Like, for people that don't understand all the things that go into winning a football game, it's just mind-blowing. Like, all the sports analysts or all the former players, it's like every player, whether you're on special teams, defense, offense, you play a role in winning a game. A quarterback more than anyone has an impact on that game. If if that is some other quarterback, they might not get the same effect that they had with Jimmy Garoppolo in. We don't know if he's checking out of plays, checking into plays, uh, reversing the, the plays. We don't know the impact that he's had on that run game. And it's – or even intangible things like being a leader. He's a captain on the field. And he's running that huddle. Those are big things that impact games that people don't talk about and realize that have real impact in sports. And I think yeah, yeah. if you're just going to call a guy a game manager, it kind of makes him seem like he's just going along for the ride. No, he's a leader. Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you think that he's not in that huddle, just telling, hey, Staley, McGlinchey, we need to open this hole for Raheem so he can burst through. And he's – impacting his guys he's forcing these guys to play above their normal level that's that's the tail of the tape that's what happened don't give me that guy had minimal impact on the game only because he threw the ball eight times yeah no i i 100 percent agree and that um <clears throat> and having played both sides and having done that played i played cornerback and i played cornerback um as well so i was offense and defense um and, uh, yeah, be, being a quarterback is, um, I mean, the closest thing that I can relate it to was, is honestly being a point guard in basketball. And I, which is an easy comparison for me to make because I played point guard for 15 years of my life. Um, it's, it's the easiest thing that I can, I can compare it to because there's, there's so much more that goes into it than just, you know, for a quarterback, just throwing the ball and for a point guard, just scoring. Um, there's, there's a, a ridiculous amount of detail that you have to know. And, and when you're, when you're a point guard and when you're a quarterback, not only do you have to know, you know, what you're doing, but you have to know exactly what your teammates are doing. You have to know exactly yeah, what the exactly. defense, exactly what the other team is doing, what defense, if they come out in this defense, well, what does that mean for us? Like, okay. If they're going to come out like in basketball, if they're going to come out in a 2-3, okay, now i got five plays that I can pick through. If I pick this one, then, you know, this is going to happen. If I pick that one, then this is going to happen. And you've got to process that information like that. Like you, you, and then if they switch that defense, like you could be coming up the court in basketball. They could be in a 2-3, and as soon as you cross half court, boom, they switch to man. So now your plan just goes out the window. Same thing, in, same thing with a quarterback. Um, and I didn't get to a level where I really had to, like, dissect a ton of defenses freshman year, but I did have to – no coverages. I did have to know um, sort of where linebackers lined up, what that meant for our run, and uh, what that meant for the routes that we were running. And, and they come out in something different. Then you got you got to know how to adjust it on the fly. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's so much. And honestly, like game manager ends up being such a negative term. But 
I mean, it actually, in my opinion, is it's all it's all how you look at it. Because if you're a game manager, then wouldn't shouldn't that technically be like a good thing? Because if you're if you're managing what you ha- like, this is going to be. I don't know the right way to say this, but I feel like game manager can be used in a positive context if you look at it from a different point of view. Like if you're if you're down by ten, right? Uh-huh. Well, the game that you have to manage in front of you is you're down by ten points. Go score more than ten points. Do whatever you need to do to get there. Or if you're up, if you're up by ten points, yeah. Well, now your plan's totally different. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out a. You have to game manage that game that's in front of you. As long as you end up winning, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Like we, a quarterback and a point guard go so hand in hand. It's unreal. A point guard may not score twenty points that night, but the tempo they set, play after play, and managing that game has a very distinct impact on whether their team wins or loses. Take take the you know what you're one hundred percent right. Take the Kings. The difference between when De'Aaron Fox is on the floor and he's running point guard, or Corey Joseph is running point guard, is ridiculous. The Kings are a hundred times faster with De'Aaron on the floor. And they're both managing the game. They're just doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we got to – do people forget that Jimmy Garoppolo out-dueled Drew Brees in New Orleans? Was mm-hmm. that that long ago that that happened? Yeah. It's not like he's incapable of doing it. I, just, I, want, I want Jimmy to go out and put up monster numbers in the Super Bowl just to shut people up. Because it, be cool. it's ridiculous. Yeah, he does seem to get a lot. Of, well, I don't know. Is hate the right word, or is Kyle Shanahan in the run game just getting so much praise? That He's getting overlooked. Nothing... Yeah, say. that's a better word. Or, that's a better word. Um, um, he's getting slept on a little bit. That's a better word. <laughs> I like overlooked. And he's sleeping with a lot of people too. Uh, okay, <laughs> feels great, baby. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I. Uh, I I do agree. I think he's getting overlooked, and I don't think game manager needs to be a negative a negative uh, but it word. Is. Yeah, it is in most contexts. Um, oh, and that was the other thing I did over the two weeks. Now that we're talking about football, I played in a, a football uh, flag football league over the you over the two weeks. Yeah, and a ridiculously competitive one, which I realized when I showed up. Um, but uh, I got there are two two guys at the gym um, who uh, play in a, a flag football league and. Uh, in the area two, two, honestly, the two, these two guys are like two of the fittest dudes I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, they're ridiculous. Um, and, uh, they needed, they needed somebody to come play, um, on Sunday and I went out and played and it was a ton of fun. Um, I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Um, but it was a blast. Um, so, We'll we'll talk about the uh, the Super Bowl coming up, and which I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot in the upcoming weeks, because um, we'll have a show between now and the Super Bowl. But just uh, just right now, initial impressions: um, we got the 49ers matching up against the Chiefs. In terms of matchups, your team, 49ers, how well do you think they match up against Kansas City? Uh, it's tough because I feel like one of the biggest weaknesses. Uh, we've seen from this 49er defense because you just have to go straight to the defense, the 49ers defense versus the Chiefs offense, right? 
that's where it starts and finishes for this game. The two, the strength of each team. Um, the biggest thing that's giving them trouble. I, I look back to that New Orleans games with that New Orleans game when the defense probably played its worst. Yeah. Um, they were just giving up big plays to talented tight ends in Jared Cook, and you got Travis Kelsey, who might be one of the best tight ends we've ever seen in the league. And, I mean, Tyreek Hill breaks every defense's coverage. And I mm-hmm. feel like, because Sherman, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. He's not a burner. If no. Tyreek Hill is matched up on Richard Sherman, that I feel like is advantage Chiefs, which is scary yes. because Sherman is the best cover corner that the Niners have. <laughs> Although, according to Darrell Reavers, he's hiding in zone. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bull drive. But <laughs> what did you just say? Bull drive. It's the first time I've ever heard that in my entire oh, life. Shan- Continue. Shannon Sharp says it. Gotcha. Um, so that is something worrisome for me. If they could limit the big plays that Kansas City, which is easier said than done. Of course. Oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is going to get one. He's way too talented to not break a play open. But if you just limit it so much, I feel like this Niners offense, which we talk about Jimmy G getting overlooked, but that offensive unit as a whole, in the toughest parts of this schedule, that offense was kind of carrying this team against New Orleans, against the Rams, which mm-hmm. two games that Niners defense didn't play very well, that offense stepped up and it is one of the best in the league. And they can show out against a Chiefs defense that has played better, but is definitely not on the caliber of the Chiefs offense or the 49ers defense. So for that reason, Niners are winning that. So I'm going to read you this real quick. It is the Chiefs uh, and what they've scored in each game uh, this season. The, their lowest uh, points in a game was 13. But here Colts. are their – but, yeah, the Colts game. So he, Nice poll, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here we go. These are their scores for the season. 40, 28, 33, 34, 13 we just said. 24, 30, 24, 26, 32, 24, 40. 23, 23, 26, 31, 51, 35. The Chiefs are going to score. Bottom, bottom line. but is, They're going to score. Is 24 or in the 20s, I feel like, if the winner, the, the team that scores in the 20s is not going to win this game. That's my feeling. You think it's going to go higher? Yeah. That would be an interesting question. What's the final score of the game? Well, that, that was actually one of my questions for um, – Oh, then we'll a, save that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that later. Um, uh, the Chiefs are going to score. They're going to score. And it's, like you said, it's going to be strength against strength. Um, and, okay, so the Chiefs had one thing to do in order to beat the Titans, and that was stop the run. And they did. They stopped the run. They held Derrick Henry to 69 yards um, and 19 carries. Now, was the reason Derrick Henry um, getting all those yards strictly because of play calling and scheme, or was it because of Derrick Henry just being an absolute monster? I don't know the Tennessee Titans well enough to really well, say that. Well, their line was very good this year. 
Yeah, I feel like it was probably a combination of both. With the 49ers, there's a whole different dynamic that goes on in the run game because when you have a guy named uh, Raheem Mostert, who nobody had like ever heard of unless you were... Cut um, by six teams. Yeah, unless you were like really in, in tune to, to football, you probably would have never heard of this guy. Um, can go off for 29 carries, 222 yards, 7.6 average, and four touchdowns. The 49ers are good on the ground, not because they have a dynamic running back, even though Mostert's obviously Mostert and Samuel and Coleman and Breida even um, can all run the ball very well, but they don't have a Derrick Henry. What they have is a fantastic offensive line and a genius play caller, which presents a whole new set of challenges for the Chiefs. They're not trying to stop one guy. They're trying to stop a unit. Um, And I don't think... I don't think the Chiefs are going to have as much success stopping the run um, as they were against the Titans because they're going against um, – they just have – they have more to stop. They had to really stop one guy um, with the Tennessee Titans. In terms of the 49ers, they have to account for literally everybody. Weapons because, all over. Well, A, weapons all over, but B, just the amount of motion and movement and – Weird formations that Shanahan pulls out, and he's—I mean—he's so good with manipulating the offensive, uh, the offensive line, and the scheme that it's—it's it's hard to coach against. I, think I would I imagine. Saw, um, sometime this year that he uses uh, motion on his pre-snap formations more than any other coach in the NFL. I feel like that, that's that wouldn't surprise accurate. me in the least. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, I do think, um, uh, here, here's the thing though, is that the 49, the interesting thing about this game is that let's just hypothetically say the 49ers go up 21 to three in, in the second quarter, <laughs> they got to keep scoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have, they have to keep scoring all the way until the fourth quarter is over because if the Kansas city chiefs proved anything, over the past uh, two weeks, is that they can put up points like that. <laughs> does that scare you? I, I was going to say, does that scare you as a Chiefs fan? But if you were a Chiefs fan, doesn't the way that the Chiefs started their last two playoff games, wouldn't that kind of scare you? Because they let Houston get up 24-0, right? Uh, 20... 43 yeah. or something like that. It was something like no, that. No, 20, yeah, 24. Um, and then Tennessee got up to a lead. If you do that to San Francisco, which I think all of us can agree is a better team than both Houston and Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a very scary habit that they've gotten into a little bit. Well, the thing you're saying about them being scarier is that the, the Texans and the Titans have the uh, – the San Francisco has one thing that the Titans and the Texans didn't have, which was a – um, like a vice grip defense. <laughs> like as soon, as soon as you go down, you know, they, they just tighten their grip and they just hold you that <laughs> plain and simple that the Texans didn't have that and neither do the Titans. So going along what you're saying, yeah, I would imagine chiefs fans would be worried if the chiefs do go down early, they're going up against a wall of a defense. Um, but then at the same time, you know, you still have an offense that can put up 41 unanswered points because that's what they did against the, the Texans. 
it was such an interesting, it was such a coin flip of a game. 24 unanswered to 41 unanswered. Yeah. Um, and then they sort of did it again against the Titans, not in as dramatic of fashion, but yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hopefully we deserve a good Super Bowl. We do. A high scoring Super Bowl from last year. <laughs> we need we need some some high points put up in this one. Well, it doesn't even necessarily have to be high points; it just need to be a good game. Like, make it interesting. Like, I mean, hopefully, let hopefully, Jim, it ends. Let Jimmy throw for at least like three hundred yards and four touchdowns. You know, and then what Mostert go for like another four? No, have the run game produced nothing? It's just. <laughs> Just Jimmy G. So they run for negative, no negative one, three no yards. No one can say anything. Their only rushing yards are when Jimmy scrambles. For the game-winning touchdown. All by for himself. The game all by himself. They ran a screenplay, let five linemen through. He jukes all of them, Lamar Jackson style. <laughs> runs in for a 40-yard touchdown. A 40-yard <laughs> touchdown? <laughs> That's a wicked screen. That is a wicked screen. Um all right, so I I guess early picks right now. We'll do it again next week. See if our see if our uh, opinions change. I know Sam's won't, so I guess it'll be my opinion change. Um, I, I'll go with the Niners initially. Uh, gut, gut check. Um, right now, if you were if you were holding a gun to my head and tell me to pick a team, I would I'd pick the Niners right now. I hope no one's holding a gun to your head. Well, I'll scan my room real quick. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Um, all right, so we got a new segment introduce not my idea so i will not take credit for it and in saying that i will let our uh new segment creator uh have the floor to explain everything so it's called move the sticks you might have heard it when you're watching your favorite team on sunday night football it's a phrase that a lot of announcers have coined for when you the sticks are obviously representative of the first down markers and when you move the sticks, that means you get a first down. So Or the chains. Yeah. Okay. Either or. But for this game, I guess we can call it, I will be reading off a statement. And Jason will answer with either, if he agrees, move the sticks, as in we converted, or three and out. Does that seem simple enough for you, Jason? I think I can handle it. All right, so... The first statement, Jason Russell. Oh, gosh. This Super Bowl will set the all-time record for most points scored. Okay, well, if you're asking me this question, then I'm assuming you have the what the all-time... Uh... <laughs> That'd be a funny assumption, wouldn't it be? You don't, do you? Uh, I can find it really quick. You can just oh stall really quickly. I'm pretty um, sure it's the Eagles um, New England one. So while uh, while my co-host um, fumbles along on his new segment, um, which I think is going to be a great idea for a segment, I think it'll be fun to, to use this. Um, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, who obviously I read off their scores from earlier in the year. I'm doing everything I can to stall for you. And then we have the 49ers, um, who, like Sam had mentioned earlier in the show, had put up 48 against uh, the New Orleans Saints. Now, you go back to earlier games during the season, they also, well, actually, last week, they put up 37. Uh, they put up 34 against the Rams this year. 
Um, they put up 36 against the Cardinals, 51 against the Panthers. <sighs> so they've had a couple high-scoring games. They put up 31 against the Browns, but is that really saying something? No, not really. Uh, but they did have a couple games where they uh, they sort of they sort of fell off the wheel in terms of offensive production, uh, i.e. the Redskins game when they scored nine points. That was in torrential downpour. Eh, well, they scored nine points. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I would say no. And I would say I'll go three and out on this one. And the reason why I'll say three and out Oh, do you want to because... know what the score is? Oh, yeah, sure. It's 76 or 75 total points. 75 total points. Um, So, like, let's just say it's even just for and, just to be. Ooh, funny. It was. It did involve the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, well, there you go. The what 1995 was the game? game when they beat the San Diego Chargers. So you said it, there was a combined 75? Yeah, it was 49 to 26. Okay, let's just say <laughs> it was exactly close. <laughs> not really. So let's just say, just to be even, that both teams score thirty-five points. They're at seventy right now. Right. Um, do I think one team is going to go over thirty-five points? I, I don't actually. Really? I, I don't. I. Um, I think if if the Forty ers jump out to a quick lead, they do have the defense to hold it. Um, to to hold the Chiefs, um, I, I I don't know I I do think it's going to be a high scoring game, but setting the all time record, no, no, I I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right. three now. Three, three and three What about what's your opinion? Um, I think it will. Okay, next <laughs> statement. <clears throat> One Derrick Henry will break the all time rushing. Yards record next season. <sighs> what is the all-time rushing record? It's by one Eric Dickerson. It's like 2,000-something-something. Uh, let's see. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, here we go. Uh, Eric Dickerson, uh, 2,100. Gosh, I'm like on it today. And five, 2,100. Well, okay, so he had, in his last nine games, including playoffs, he had um, roughly 1,400 yards. To be able to do that into entire, an entire season, I think it's going to have a lot to do with what the Titans do at quarterback this year. Oh, they're keeping um, Tannehill. If they're going to keep Tannehill or if they're going to get rid of Tannehill. Um, I think they keep him. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. 2,000 yards in such a pass-heavy league, which is so interesting because you look at the 49ers um, and the teams who are in the playoffs this year, the 49ers, Lamar the Titans, Jackson's, Ravens. the Ravens, the Seahawks, even the Packers um, as well, the Vikings. Um, <laughs> they were – Every the team of, is rushed, pretty rushed on it. Yeah, pretty run-heavy. For a team that – for a, a league that gets so many um, – so many people saying it's it's too pass happy and and whatnot. Oh, and Buffalo it's, too. Yeah, even Buffalo, even Buffalo. Um, but uh, no, I'm gonna say three nine on that one. I don't think he gets the all time rushing uh, record. I think 2100 yards is just it's so. That's insane. With, that's insane. Barring injury, he gets it. Barring injury, he gets it. All right, next one. All right, we'll see. <clears throat> Tom Brady. Will be in a L.A. B. 
baby blue powder blue chargers with the lightning bolt on top uniform next season. So obviously you're pulling this because you heard something about Brady. I mean, he's just, he's a California guy and he's a free agent. Well, the real question is at this point, I think would be, is Tom Brady going to be a New England Patriot next year? No, the the question is, the statement is he's going to be a charger. That's what the well, statement you got, is. Well, you got, is he going to be a charger? Well, just based on statistics, <laughs> I would have to say three and out on that one as well. Um, what does your gut tell you, Jay? What is my gut telling me? My gut telling me he's going to be in New England next year. Oh, your gut's wrong. I think he's going to be in New England <laughs> at, least another, at least another season. Uh, why? Where you think he's gonna leave? Yeah, I think he's done. As the Chargers, are you really gonna say we're gonna get rid of Philip Rivers for Tom Brady for maybe one year? Uh, Philip Rivers already moved. Well, <laughs> he moved to well, Florida. Well, still, like at that point, <laughs> at that point, are you gonna? But I don't. That wouldn't make sense. Why? From a front office standpoint. Why? Why? Because. Tom Brady is going from a Patriots team that it wasn't – I mean, it, it had a phenomenal defense but a terrible offense, and you're putting them – you're putting him on the on a San Diego Chargers team who LA. was – oh, gosh, man. Now <laughs> it's going to be bad with the Raiders and the Chargers. And, um, the San Diego Chargers was the Oakland Raiders. Oh, wait. No. Oh, yeah. Um, you're putting him on a Chargers team who was not that impressive at all. Because of one position. Uh, Yo, Philip Rivers lost him a lot of games last year. He did lose them quite a few games, but would Tom Brady really be an upgrade at this point in terms of like? Oh hell yeah! Well, no, in terms of like longevity. Give oh well, okay. So this this is the same pickup that Denver made with Peyton Manning, getting an aging quarterback into a team that is one piece away from contending. But Tom Brady had a couple. Not Tom Brady. Peyton had, like, how many more years realistically do you like good years? Do you think Brady has? He's like forty uh, two. Probably like two two good years tops. And are you willing to, as a front office, to to bet bank that on maybe having two years with Brady? If you're the Chargers and you haven't had any playoff success in the last two decades, I think you bank it on that. If you're Brady, do you even want to go anywhere else other than New England? Well, that's for him to decide. I mean, he's been in that place for what twenty years now. Yeah, and they why? Why go play somewhere else? Season. Because it's it's new experiences, and you want to have that. Do you want to have the ability to say, "I won one without the other guy"? Brady and Belichick each want to win a Super Bowl without the other, because it but just people... validates their careers that much more. But people already look at Tom Brady as the greatest of all time and Bill Belichick, so why does it matter? Well, you're not Tom Brady. I know I'm not Tom Brady, but I should be. No. Um, (laughs) So what what is it? You going to move move the sticks on this one? uh, No, three three, three and out. He's not going to. He's not going to. Shut up today. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think you're going to like this one. The current Sacramento Kings core, which I would define as Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think I didn't miss anyone, has already reached their peak. To get- <laughs> oh, 
Oh, gosh. I think with Luke Walton as the head coach, yeah. <laughs> is it a matter – is it a is it a thing of a skill or is it a matter of scheme? Um, are you talking about peak in their career or peak in terms of where they're going to take a the team. team? As a team. As a team. <clears throat> like they could go on to different places and have great careers. <laughs> I.e. almost everybody who seems to leave the Kings. <laughs> yeah, big facts. Yeah, um, Marco Bellinelli Mac? forgot how to shoot a basketball when he came to Sacramento. Look at your boy, Benny Mack. <laughs> yeah, he's balling. He is. Good for him. It's so hard because they were on such a good, like, up and coming. Uh, that was a bad sentence. They were on such <laughs> a. <laughs> they, they were they were coming up last year, um, and they were playing so well. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with Dave Yeager and his scheme. And now Use with Luke head, Walton, Jason. it seems Use like everything else. If Luke Walton is the head coach, then yes. Oh, yes, that's they a, have. That's a, you know what that is right there? A cop-out? That's a uh, wide receiver running right next to the sideline, diving in for that first down right there. That move is the change. <laughs> you move the sticks. Yeah. I, if if Luke Walton remains the head coach, then the Kings are not going to do much with this core right now because it doesn't seem like he knows how to how to handle them. You know what's crazy too? Mm. For such a young team, they have so little cap flexibility. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. For a team that's supposed to get be getting better, they can't add any pieces. It's literally just this group needs to grow and improve for them to win a championship, which I guess is the formula for a small market team like Sacramento. But it's like, you're stuck. All we can see for the next three to four years is Darren Fox, Buddy Hill, Marvin Bagley. And who knows if Bogdan's in that picture anymore. Holmes, maybe. They might trade him. (laughs) I don't think Holmes and Bagley work together, but that's whatever. Yeah, we'll get to the Kings. And later. you force Barnes to be a part of that, which he doesn't really look like the guy that... What do you think of the Trevor Ariza trade? Um, <laughs> I, I think there's something else involved. I mean, um, Portland and Sacramento have made trades like almost every year together. I feel like Vlade just owes um, that one guy something. Like, he owes him money or something. Like, that's <laughs> the only conceivable... They literally just straight up traded... Uh, Scal for Swanigan last year, and it made like no sense whatsoever. That's true. And then this one makes zero. Uh, the Kings didn't get better. Portland didn't get better. <laughs> Watch Trevor like, just like go and ball out. I mean, hopefully Portland makes the playoffs and he gets to go and play. From all we've heard, like Trevor Reese is a nice dude. Yeah. Um, he wasn't in Sacramento long, and then Anthony Tulliver is back. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't want to leave Portland. Yeah, now you put him in a place where he didn't want to be. A place he's already been. I don't know what's with the Kings and getting they it started with Tyreek Evans and then they got Ben Malcorn back and then <laughs> Anthony Tell it's like if guys leave, let them leave. It's yeah, fine. Know. There's other guys in the league. Demarcus is gonna be back here in three years. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> All right. One Raphael Nadal will win the Australian Open in 2020. Sure. Move the sticks. Why not? <laughs> oh, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what else do you say? He's, he was 
in the best form in world tennis last year. And I think he's the number one seed going in. He's got the easiest draw. He doesn't have to face Djokovic or Federer until the final. Everything that Sam said times two. <laughs> like it, 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 it is so perfect for him to make it to, to win this Australian open. All right. Yeah. I, I won't lie. I was completely unprepared for that question. Oh, well, we're a, we're a tennis podcast, Jason. Apparently. We're, we're a tennis and golf podcast. We have established that. <laughs> After the next season, so the 2021 season, Breeze, Brady, and Big Ben will all be retired. After next year. So, yeah. Um, how old's Ben? Um... Well, Ben's broken more than anything else. <laughs> it may not be an age thing for him. Yeah, he might just get forced out. Ben's 37. Breeze is 40, I believe. Um, I think he's 40. Is he 40? No, he's, he's 41. He's 41. Mm-hmm. And Brady's like, what, 42? Three. 43? I think so. Um, let's see. Brady is 42. Oh. And he will be, so he'll be 40. So he's going to be 43 in August, which is going to put him, um, at 43 going into the season. So he'll be 43 at the start of, um, the year. Breeze will be, he's turning, oh, he just turned, um, 41. Like oh, he's co- practically 25. Then. Like a week ago, yeah. So he- <laughs> Actually, exactly a week ago. Um, are all three of them going to be retired? Uh, no, because I think, I think Breeze will play for probably two more. Bra- Brady says he wants to play for, like, ever. And that was before this year. It, yeah. <laughs> Roethlisberger... <laughs> I think Roethlisberger is going to probably have to do with a lot. I think it's going to be his decision is going to be determined based on how his team is doing more than anything else, I think. Because he's already broken, so it's like if his team stinks, then. What's the point? Exactly. All right. And he had already gone back and forth a couple years ago about retiring. Facts. So if he's coming off an injury and his team stinks, he plays one year and goes. Well, this kind of sucks. Then he might he might just leave, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's 38. Mm-hmm. He'd be 38 at that point. He won a Super Bowl. Did he win two? He won. He won two. He won two. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll give you a, a question. I'll give you a question. Impromptu that's not, that's question. Not, that's not how this segment works. Well, I'm making it work that way. Eli Manning. No, he's don't he's a ask Hall of me. No, I'm asking don't you. Ask. It, I'm asking you. It's a big three and out. Like you got sacked <laughs> on all three downs. It's a safety going the other. You way. don't think he's a Hall of Famer? Hell no. Why not? Do not put him in the Hall of Fame. Why not? Like he could be a he good a first, player. Like I didn't what say he we, was a first ballot Hall. Where are we drawing the line for Hall of Famers? Hall of Famers should be the best of the best for their generations. Have we ever thought that Eli Manning was a like a top five quarterback? In this decade, in these two decades that he's been playing, no. 
Yikes. The first Super Bowl, he rode the coattails of a great defense, one of the best defensive lines of all time. And then the second, uh, a Mario Manningham wonder, <laughs> wonder grab that allowed them to win. Like, are we going to reward the guy for two games? Is that really what we're saying with the Hall of Fame now? Mm, sure. <clears throat> Sure. <laughs> sure. If they come out and know. say that, then it's like, oh, I mean, oh, okay, I guess. And if you go to the stats, those are such longevity stats. It's crazy. Like, I wouldn't even put his stats in the same breath or like the same. I, I think all you would have to do is like match his stats up to what Drew Brees, what, like what age Drew Brees was with the identical stats, right? It just shows like how much and Drew Brees is a bad example because he's one of the best to do it. But like comparing his stats to an Aaron Rodgers or something of that nature, it's like it's not close. So I I want to actually I want to dive down this for a second because there's an article on ESPN right now that says twenty analysts um, weigh in on what on uh, Eli Manning. And uh, his uh, if he's a Hall of Famer or not. And then I'm just going to read, like, the bolded one sentence of, of uh, what each person said. All right. <clears throat> uh, Manning checks enough boxes to earn a Hall spot. Here's the next oh, one. my God. That sounds like a participation award. Just, just listen. Just listen. I'll, I'll go through them. <clears throat> the Pro Football Hall of Fame is not what it used to be. That was Dion. Fact. Um, so, Willie McGinnis. Uh, well, actually, the first, Terrell Davis was Manning checks enough boxes. So, um, oh, he says that because he – okay, whatever. Willie McGinnis. Here we go. Manny will always be known for his mon- uh, monumental plays in the Super Bowl. Um, it was, So he's saying it will help his case. Uh, Jeffrey Ched – uh, <laughs> a lot of factors, including his last name, fall in Eli's Oof. favor. Wow, that's shots right there. Um, Jeffrey Jeffrey. So one shots. one thing that he said is he said, and as much as people want to complain about his faults, that he was never an elite quarterback, that he threw too many interceptions, that the Giants missed the playoffs in nine uh, of his last 11 seasons, oh, began with him as a starter, <laughs> Eli is going to be there for one more key reason. He's always had the right last name. Oh, yeah, that's um, kind of harsh. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Hankins, uh, Eli was never a consistent top five player at his position. Wow, is, is that not what I said? So, D'Angelo Hall. Eli weathered the storm prevalent in a tough New York market for 16 years. Uh, LT. Uh, Eli will eventually join Peyton in football immortality. Um, Steve White. <laughs> Two Super Bowl rings. Uh, game MVPs put Eli over the top. Steve Smith, former Giants quarterback, shouldn't be considered one of the greatest. Joe Thomas. Eli Manning's availability was one of his most important QB traits. Uh, Marcel Reese. Uh, everyone talks about rings, and Eli has too. Um, <laughs> Michael Robinson. Uh, his resume isn't deserving of a, a gold jacket, and there are a couple more that I'm just I'm not going to keep reading everybody. But um, there, uh, there sounds like there's a, a split almost. It, it, you know what I get from where, what you hear? those guys saying what I think the general public is. It's either you demonstratively think that Eli Manning shouldn't get in, or you kinda can justify him getting in. Like, there's no, oh yeah, like he's a, he's definitely getting into the 
Hall of Fame. It's like, I mean, he won two Super Bowls. He was Super Bowl MVP. Like, like he should get in type of thing. Like, it's it's almost reluctantly letting him in for some guys. Or it's like, no, there's no way he should get in type of thing. Right. Am I off on that? I don't think so. Um, I think Eli is going to get in, but not initially. I think he'll get put in. I think there. I think the chances of him being put in, along with a bunch of other people, um, later on down the road, mm. is he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Nope. If Patrick mm. Willis wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah, Eli Manning definitely. <laughs> exactly, but there could be a year where there's just. You know, guys, where you just look around and go, okay, well, Eli makes sense in terms of this group yeah. that we have available for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I will, I will clarify my stance a little bit. Do I think he should get in? No. Do I? Or do I? Do I think he should? No. Do I think he will? Yeah, he'll get in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, and but I'm not as harsh in saying that does he deserve to be in there? No, I th- I think he does deserve to be in there. I don't think his case is as strong as everybody else's, but I do think he deserves to be there. Um, Dang, I think I deserve to be in there then. Gosh. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> blend anyone in. I mean... <laughs> um, Alright, so that's pretty much the football news that we got to. Oh, by the way, Antonio Brown's got an arrest warrant out. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's that. Um, and um, that was Move the Sticks. That was Move the Sticks. Hope you so, guys enjoyed the so Sticks for being fu- For future, um, I want to get like a uh, a montage of like a bunch of announcers saying like move, that moves the sticks or blah, blah, blah. And then um, every time you either say moves the sticks or third and down, I'm going to have like a like a buzzer type thing play. That would be cool. Just so you know. If, we I, had the, if they had the budget for it. Bigger and better things over here. You know what I mean? Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, so that was our football news. Uh, do we want, do we want to talk about the Kings? Do we need to? Do we want to? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, in all honestly, in all honesty, Jason, I haven't really been keeping up with them that much because they hurt me in ways that I can't explain. <laughs> it's sort of become like when they're on, it's like, oh, cool, they're on. And then you just kind of look at the score and you're like, oh, well. <laughs> like I thought, oh, they're playing Detroit tonight. Like that's a pretty pretty winnable game. And then they get blown out. And I was like, oh, I didn't need to watch it. Good thing I didn't watch it. 127 to 106. <laughs> Did you watch this is going to be a great segue. Six game losing streak. <laughs> Speaking of things that I'm glad I didn't watch, mm. Conor McGregor. <laughs> uh, oh, that's Cerrone right. Fight. How did we? How did we not mention that at the beginning? <laughs> I was, I kid you not, with <laughs> two teammates, and we were trying to figure out how to buy the game or buy the game, buy the fight, because we thought we saw something. If you subscribe to ESPN Plus, you get like a discounted price, right? Mm-hmm. You following me? Um, I got you. But when we like, we had someone subscribed to it, and it wasn't discounted as much as we thought. Like we thought it was going to be like forty dollars, but it turned out it was like sixty dollars, and we were just like, "Nah, there's like no point." It, we already missed all the prelims. Like, there's no point. And then 
a minute later, oh, Conor McGregor wins. Well, and we're like, oh, you. <laughs> right. We must just spent $60 on a 40-second fight. Yeah, no, I I was uh, – I, I think I bought one fight in my entire life, and it was actually the one – when you, came Ben, over, yeah. and James came over and we watched the McGregor Mayweather fight, which pretty, ended up, which ended up, fight. yeah, it ended up being a cool fight. Uh, but I've never bought a fight before, and I think part of the reason why well, there's really two reasons. One, I don't pay attention to UFC that much. Uh, I wish I did, um, because I, I, feel I like do you would love it. Yeah, I really do. Every time it's on, every time it's on, and it's not pay per view, I'll turn it on and I'll, I'll watch it because I, it's really cool. Um, I really enjoy watching it, um, but because you know the main events are, are pay per view, I, I don't I don't pay attention to it as much as I would like to. So, did I ever think about buying this fight? No, uh, but I was hysterically laughing in the morning when I saw it last in forty seconds. <laughs> um, actually, no, it wasn't even in the morning. I was sitting downstairs with my sister. And she goes, oh, yeah, the like she was just on her phone. Oh, the, uh, the Mayweather, I mean, the McGregor fight starting two minutes later. Oh, the fight's over. What? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Did you and watch then, the fight? What, the 40 seconds? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was a pretty quick highlight. I appreciate it. It was. It was. Do you um, think McGregor is back? Do I think McGregor is back? Well, he fought again, so he is back. No, 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 that's, no. Like there's back a, that's a smart, that's a smart ass championship title form, um, or close to it. He seems way different. <laughs> like, did you he watch any of his? Pre- did you see his pregame and like you know afterward? Like he seems He's like chiller. He seems laser focused. Well, you you already know the fight that everybody's going to want to see again. They're going to want to see a fight. Yeah, he's going to. They're going to want him to fight. Uh, Khabib again, and because they both hate each other, like uh, from everything that I've heard and read, they like both legitimately hate each other. How disappointed are you gonna feel when I say that a McGregor Mayweather fight two is in talks? Well, I know Mayweather had announced he was coming back. I think he's gonna fight Pacquiao, right? I don't know. I hope so. I really don't know. But it, it, like you talked, you talked about his like how he carried himself in the ring, but like his actual fighting, it just was. It didn't look the same as he did three years ago. Now, which was the last time he was a champion in the UFC. He's the first guy to win in three different uh, weight classes, right? Win a title? No, just win a fight. I think. Uh, does Does this fight mark that? Because he was. I like, believe way so. Heavier. Yeah. Then... Yeah, I think so. I think it was three different weight classes. I think that's pretty cool. Um, that's really impressive too. But Cowboy Cerrone, I I had never seen him before. It this fight, like really, I think devalues him as a UFC fighter. Like, it did not make him look good. No. Because I didn't take away from it, like, oh my gosh, McGregor looked amazing. Like, it it really looked like Cerrone didn't belong in the ring. Well, did you hear him afterward when they interviewed him and they were basically asking him, like, what happened? He was like, yeah, I didn't see his shoulder coming. Like, uh, what the heck was that? (laughs) He was like, who's ever done that before? (laughs) 
And when you think about it, he's kind of right. Because have you ever seen anybody pound somebody with their shoulder no. like that? So is that really a lack of awareness on his part? Or is it more of a heads-up play by McGregor? I think it's more of a heads-up play by McGregor. Like, oh, he's right there. Because how often do you see people grapple like that and just kind of sit there, like, standing, grappling, and never – like throw a shoulder into it, but the the fight itself was like so fluky because McGregor throws a punch right at the very beginning, right, mm-hmm. and completely whiffs, but his knee hits Cerrone in the face. It was just <laughs> yeah. so fluky that that happened, and it was like, oh my god, he's bleeding. He don't he opened him up. Uh, like McGregor's the greatest. You get that call, and then it's like, well, it was just fluke. Like McGregor didn't mean to knee him in the face. Right, you know, it's just like it. I don't know. You can you can see on the replay when McGregor hits him with the shoulder. You can see he meant to, Cerrone's right? like nose, like break almost. <laughs> like you can see when it goes in slow motion. Um, it's like a balloon. <laughs> it, it it sucks that this was like the biggest fight of Cerrone's career because he's one of the UFC's like longest standing. OG. Yeah, like, he's a very respected figure, and it sucks that this is, like, his shot into the mainstream, and it kind of embarrassed him and, like, tarnished his... his I it really, I feel for the guy, you know, that yeah. that's what happened. And I wish we had more knowledge on the two fight. I mean, excuse me, on Cerrone, because, obviously, talking to somebody who knows a little bit more about Cerrone, knows a little bit more about the UFC, might be able to give it, I mean, 100% would be able to give us a better perspective on on where they view, where the UFC community views Cerrone now. But mm-hmm. I think you're right in the sense that when you get somebody like that who's been around for this long and they get a chance to go on the mainstream like this, and I'm sure he's been on big mainstream uh, fights before, but, you know, to have this one be against, you know, the guy. <laughs> um, and like him or not, McGregor's the guy. Oh, he UFC. is the only marketable face in the UFC right now. Yeah, he's the guy. He the <laughs> the needle moves when he, just like Tiger in golf. Like the needle moves when he's there. Um, wow, we haven't talked about golf in a while. We'll have to get back to that. <laughs> um, it's not we, it's not in season yet. So I know we, we had it. We had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it, it, and the, it, in terms of scenario. Like, this was best-case scenario for Connor because he got his fight. He didn't get hurt at all. And he's, like, ready – and he's pretty – I would imagine he's ready to fight, like, immediately. You know? Yeah. Why not Why not cash in on another payday? Well, and it's good, too. Like, he looked a lot better than he did against Khabib. Like, yeah. a lot better. So that's good, too. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be fun uh, to see what happens. Um. So that's a lot of the big sports news that happened. Um, I feel like I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't uh, – I hope I use that word right. If I didn't uh, mention the movie that I saw over the two weeks because I know um, – the two weeks that we were away because I know Sam has seen the movie as Is well. Is it The War in the Stars? Uh, yep, The War in the Stars. Um, for anybody who has not seen the Star Wars movie, uh, turn off the podcast. It's been <laughs> it a is... month that it's been out. Yeah, it has been a month. Uh, but I will. We're going to talk a little bit about spoilers real quick because uh, we're good with sports right now. Um, <laughs> us and sports are good right now. <laughs> us and sports are, have had a good relationship for this show. We're gonna uh, we're gonna move on. We're gonna see other people. Um, and we're gonna sports is the relationship, right? Like it's the girlfriend, but 
but movies and entertainment, like that's that's the boys that you want to just hang out in the man cave. Exactly. With. That's exactly. What it is. Hey, hey, hun, sports. Yeah, just chill out. I'm gonna go watch the game with L Star Wars over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, spoilers ahead. Um, Star Wars sucked. I this is, I did not enjoy it, and the I more I talked about it. The, no, I just, you know what? The more I talked about it with you, the more I realized that it was just, <laughs> it was just dumb. <laughs> it was just dumb, and it was such a shame because these movies. What the the cool thing about these newer movies is that they look amazing, like they look so good. And when you compare them to the old movies and the technology and whatnot, like they they just look amazing. Did this one look the best? Uh well, there's this the coolest shot out of the newer movies. For me, was in the Last Jedi, um, was when that uh, that one uh, captain like went um, light speed through the. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's in my opinion, that's been the coolest shot in. I think like, she was an admiral, not a captain. Y- okay, well, <laughs> um, I mean, you should know, I, like in the military, you don't want to like disrespect someone by demoting them like that, you know? Yeah. Private. Oh well, private Jason. <laughs> Lance Corporal. <laughs> there you go. Demoted exactly, me. Exactly. Um, and uh, but I think that was actually the coolest shot out of any of that any of these newer really movies. Cool. And it worked really well because they didn't they. It was like complete silence after. Title. It was no sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this movie had a lot of really cool shots um, as well. I liked the shot where the the last order was rising up out of the ground and then there was a lightning bolt in the sky and it kind of showed how much didn't was make in the sky sense. didn't make any lick of sense um but you're right <laughs> the movie was it didn't make sense my favorite at all. my favorite shot of the new ones was um the ray and kylo first fight in the forest i mm. think when uh when ray like takes a deep breath and then like opens her eyes with the her lightsaber like ignited Next, I think that's right. And then it goes to Kylo, and he's like pointing his red, uh, freaking messed up lightsaber. Right. Yeah. I I liked the one in also the second one where those speeders were going out on that that the salt Mm -hmm. planet and the red Mm -hmm. is coming up behind them. I thought that was really cool as well. I know what my favorite line is out of the new trilogy. Um, My favorite line by far. They can fly now. No. <laughs> oh. Was that Man. yours? I think it was actually a pretty good line. I thought it was a good line too, but they gave it away in the trailer, so it didn't have that oomph for they me. They did. They should have saved it. <laughs> um, my favorite line uh, in this series was, again, in The Last Jedi, which is so weird to say, um, was when the Millennium Falcon shows up um, on, the, on that ice, on, or sort of that ice planet, that salt crystal planet. And then uh, the whole like first order starts shooting at the uh, at the Millennium Falcon, and Finn looks up and he goes, "Oh, they hate that ship." <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I thought it was so great because it sort of encapsulates like almost the entire Star Wars franchise because that ship is so iconic. Yeah, and we know how many times it's blown up. It's been involved in blowing up the Death Star and blowing up all this other stuff. It's been such a like thorn in uh, the dark side side for so long. If you're a kid that grows up like in the in the Empire, they must have like 
scary story, like horror stories about the Millennium Falcon. Like if you see that ship, you need to duck and cover. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's blown up two Death Stars. <laughs> Been responsible for the uh, Starkiller base getting destroyed. Like, nothing good has happened when that ship is around. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's funny to think about. Kids, <laughs> if you see this ship... <laughs> Mommy, ducking car. <laughs> I have the same dream again. <laughs> what was it? Are you okay, Jimmy? <laughs> it's the Millennium Falcon. That's flying right towards me. There, and, oh and, man! And, and there was a, there was a furry thing in there. He was going. <laughs> oh man, we sound like such dorks. <laughs> um, the um, no, but so in terms of this movie. In terms of this movie. Yeah. When she said Ray Skywalker, I no, was like, no, go on. You can't start at the end, dude. You can't start at the end. Go, to, oh, go st- through the beginning, man. Start at the beginning? Okay. Let's let's go back to the beginning. Um what what really okay, so you she and I trains. Have, she you, trains. And, oh. you and I have gripes with the movie. Ray went from like she turned into like super Jedi this movie. Just like out of nowhere, like well, I know she was, forward. I know she, I know she was like training and everything, but yeah, good God, she was pulling starships out of the sky. <laughs> she was, yeah. Remember one was flying off that sand planet, and then she stopped oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Ren started pulling it, and then she mm-hmm. shot the lightning out of it. Yeah, I didn't like that part at all. I it was. That was interesting. We can't skip to that. Okay. <laughs> okay, go to the beginning. Try to do chronologically here. Okay, you, then you start. You go to the beginning. Well, okay, so it starts with um, Kylo is, which is actually a really cool shot of him, like, just massacring those, uh, yeah. that civilization in um, uh, what is confirmed, which I don't think you know this, that was actually Mustafar. Oh. That was the planet he was on. Oh. And, uh, and he... Um, that's where he found the uh, the map to uh, Palpatine, the sexual predator of the stars. Gosh. <laughs> oh, Kylo, you look so good. Right. <laughs> you look, you look just like your grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, okay. Palpatine. Yeah, he wasn't looking so good. Um, and then. It cuts to Ray, and she's train like she's just going like parkouring through the forest, you know, um, and then it goes to don't they have to like leave that planet or something like that, or is that later? Uh, I think it's why did they leave that planet? Which one? The forest planet that the rebellion was hiding on. They didn't. They stayed on that. Why did she leave? Ray left because she was going after... She was looking for the... Um... The map. Yes, she was looking for the map. So, didn't like a... Oh, oh, didn't a re- rebel guy come back and like say, oh, Palpatine's alive? Yeah, Palpatine's alive. Okay, okay, that's what happened. And then that's so then when she... she was... She did some reading and then found the map and then... Right, right. And then they go to the sand planet where they find... Uh, Finn's dad. Oh no, I mean uh, Lando. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, by the way, the explanation for why Palpatine was alive was in the initial the beginning credits when it was Mm -hmm. like, the dead speak, Palpatine is back. And then we were all like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) he's back, but like, how? (laughs) Which was something, which was something, which honestly, when you think about it, is like the most important part of the whole movie. Yeah. And it just didn't get explained. Well, ideally, they would have had a whole movie to explain it. True. Right? Like, if it was up to J.J., he probably would have done a little something different with The Last Jedi, if yeah. we're all being honest. Um, but I think, I think I'm think i just going to summarize it with this. This movie might be the worst. Might be. I think it... I think it Because I feel like at no times during The Phantom Menace... Did I put my arms up or like roll my eyes at what happened in this movie? As I was watching it for the first time, I didn't go in having like preconceived thoughts of like, oh, this is trash. Like I no, was yeah. going in like, oh, this is gonna be like this is Star Wars Episode Nine. Like this is gonna yeah, be it's Star Wars. Awesome. And when it gets revealed, doesn't um, Luke tell her that she's Palpatine? She's a Palpatine. Uh, no, Kylo does, I think. Are you sure? I think Kylo, like, hints at it um, during the fight that he has. And then um, Kylo hints at it, and then he sort of gets her to, to shoot electricity out of her hand, which if you watched Star Wars, you should kind of clue into, oh, gosh, well, that sort of makes sense. If that's how Chewbacca died... And then I would have been so mad. Oh, dude, yeah, I was, I so I went and watched it with my whole family, and I looked at my sister, and I was like, "Nah, he's not dead." Like, <laughs> if there was one character that I would have put money on them not killing in this franchise, it would have been Chewie. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. Well, okay, whatever time that it turns out that she is a Palpatine, I was like, "Oh, okay," like. I I probably would have been more okay if she was a Skywalker, but I mean, this is interesting. Like I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to do this. Right. Yeah. And oh, gosh, the, I actually um, had no problem that she was a Palpatine. It was a little weird. I, I honestly, that part didn't throw me for a loop. It didn't even, I don't think it, it added to the story at all. Like, I feel like it was just there for shock value. And then it was just, I agree. like it had no impact on the story. What's like, when Palpatine's like, oh, you need to join me, uh, granddaughter. It's like, she doesn't know you, dude. She has <laughs> yeah. no ties to the dark side of the Force. Like, it it doesn't make any sense why she would join you. <sighs> the gold lightsaber at the end, that was interesting. That was kind of cool. Why did she bury those lightsabers? I didn't know that. I and don't why know. did... <laughs> when, since when did Leia have a lightsaber? <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. That was really convenient because oh, they were but, like, "Oh, yeah. we we're, we need to have both of them have blue lightsabers at some point." By the way, um, Leia's lightsaber in the training sequence was green, and <laughs> in the <laughs> my, I said that to my dad <laughs> when we left the movie theater, and he sort of paused for a second, and he was like. That seems like way too big of an error <laughs> to, to for a Disney movie. Yeah, I, that was the very first thing that I noticed when they turned on the lightsabers. I was like, 
Well, they're both blue. Why couldn't it have been green? Like, we yeah. had enough blue lightsabers. Blue. Yeah, we had enough of it. Like, give us some green. That's the and other pur- thing, too. Like, a purple one would have been cool. Like, how is Palpatine not going to wield a lightsaber in this? Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> I am sick and tired of seeing Kylo and Rey duel. And we get it twice in this movie. We do. I am done with it. We've gotten it. <laughs> so that's two <laughs> movies. I want some new <laughs> Force-sensitive lightsaber. With If it was Finn and Kylo again. I am honestly more okay with that. Oh, the Knights of Ren? They were sick, what was, bro. What was that? Bro, they were sick. <laughs> they did nothing. <laughs> they were... They were there to show how cool Kylo was. They were as useless as Stormtroopers. <laughs> they were the equivalent of the uh, Snoke's like private guards. They were worse. <laughs> You think they were worse? Because at least they, they put up a in. fight. No, they, they at least they put up a fight. Yeah, but it was Kylo beat them all by himself. It took at least both of Ray and Kylo to beat the. That was pretty sick, though. That the guards. Happened. The 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 one cool thing about this movie that I liked is that I actually enjoyed, which is something they established in the second one, was them being able to sort of like pass stuff to each other through the Force. Yeah, that was cool. When she passed in that lightsaber, that was cool. And I was like. Oh, okay. That was actually really cool. Uh, what was your favorite? Was that your favorite part of the movie? I think that was the the part where I where I was like, oh, that was really clever. And I think it was actually kind of funny when he pulled that lightsaber out and kind of looked around and gave him a shrug. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. was exactly what Han did in the movies. He shrugged it like that. It was cool that Han came back. It was nice to see him. Because we've heard that Harrison Ford hasn't been the biggest fan of being in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> Very often. And it was cool that they got him to come back. I think one of my biggest disappointments is I really wanted Kylo to stay a bad guy the entire series because it, I didn't want it to feel too similar to Darth Vader. He got cha- he got changed so easily. Yeah, it was like it was very quick. Couldn't Leia have done that a like, long time ago <laughs> in The Force Awakens? <laughs> <laughs> When when Han was still alive, Luke would be alive. <laughs> it literally changes like okay, the so entire I, dynamic I of the two, series. Two favorite parts. Um, one was Luke Luke's interaction with Ray on that um, desolate planet when he catches the lightsaber. Yeah, that was from getting cool. into the fire, and he's like, "This is your weapon. Like you need it." Because I feel like that was a major rewrite of the last jedi which was not my favorite yeah um and the second was the voices oh when they were all saying of all the like i didn't hear obi-wan you didn't no he's the first one i i yeah i didn't hear him i i was so trying to pay attention for him and i completely missed it i just loved how hayden was so prevalent in it oh yeah he was like he had like five things i think to say and they got like I was listening, like they had Samuel Jackson come back and say something. Yeah, they had uh, Liam Neeson say something. Like it was, uh-huh. it was really. I thought that was really cool. If if they got them to like show up as Force Ghosts, that yeah, that I was I was sort of waiting to see that. But um, but yeah, that was like one of the parts for me that was like, oh my gosh, like that feels good. Um, the ending was pretty was pretty shitty. 
uh, Palpatine, I guess, his one weakness is two light, light two lightsabers into a lightsaber. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know because yeah, that the... happened in, in the old movies too. When Mace Windu, <laughs> like maybe as long I as you... stop shooting lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this isn't working. Let's stop. That was a pretty. I pretty feel like sad. Captain America. Captain America would have the easiest time defeating Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold up the shield. Oh, I can do gosh. this all day. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it was it was just a i mean it's disappointing yeah and honestly i think my favorite character throughout the entire series has was uh poe he had a lot to do in this movie yeah i just well first of all i love oscar isaac as an actor uh you ship him and ray love interest him and uh, poe yeah they had no love interest. She was in. She liked Ben. What? Or Kylo. <laughs> Did you like how they kissed at the end? I didn't mind it. Since when can Jedi Force heal like that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you got me. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe it was a throwback to the. First, not the ver- not the first three, but one, two, three. When Anakin was talking to Palpatine about, you know, they can bring life back from the dead. Maybe she was. That was just saying, oh, she's part of the. She has the dark side in her because she can do that. I don't, I don't know. But but ben, she did it a ben lot. Did it. No, it's a it's a light side thing. Yeah, he ended up doing it too. Baby Yoda can do it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right. Oh, good call. Good call, actually. Did we talk about the final episode of The Mandalorian? We did, right? I believe so. Uh, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. I only have like 2% left on my battery, though, right now. I just want to say the uh, the dark saber at the end was kind of sick. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. And to finish up our Star Wars talk, uh, last uh, final season of The Clone Wars the animated series is coming. I know, out. dude. I'm getting through the um the original Clone Wars series. You need to watch it if you haven't watched it. I do. Uh, yeah, our, our listeners. Well, all of you. If you enjoy Star Wars, I thought it was going to be a corny show. I mean, um, I watched it when when it was on TV. But it is. It, it. I actually really enjoy it. Um, surprisingly, I didn't think I was going to. But um, oh, and I finished The Witcher. By the way. <gasps> pretty awesome episode one was still my favorite what yeah oh the very first one was i think still my favorite what yeah it might have been what about the when they try to go slay the dragon and then they just kill everyone and then there's that gold dragon thing i don't know well yeah that was weird yeah, <laughs> was the old man's a dragon now? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, by the way. My my brother was like, "Yeah, that's a thing that they established in the in the books and game." And I was like, "Uh, okay." Way over my head. Um. All right. Well, that's all we got for you today. Um. Just like I said, thank you guys as always. Oh, we didn't even mention we crossed over a thousand <laughs> listens. And we're a global podcast now. And we're a global podcast now. We have been played in six countries and over eighteen states. So, thank you to whoever that box. was. Those are <laughs> so whoever that was. 
Um, so thank you guys so much for uh, sticking with us for over a thousand listens. Um, we got it in just about in pretty much six months. Uh, we're going to keep these shows rolling as normal. Uh, and thank you as always. <laughs> what's what's normal every three months? Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> uh, thank you guys as always. And we will see you to next Tuesday morning. We promise. Yes. Yes. You got to say your outro. You always say the same thing. Uh, what do I say? It's been so long. It's, thanks, guys. Hey, move the sticks. <laughs>